Welcome, everyone. Uh, uh, Birthday is always problematical for me. So now I talk to you about the um, uh, the two narratives that is implied by Shaivism: the Jiva narrative, or our individual story, and the Shiva narrative, which is the divine story within. When we come together in satsang, we celebrate the Shiva narrative. That is the the, the story that connects us to the divine. But when you have a birthday, there's a huge emphasis on the jiva narrative. And especially a poignant birthday like me, where I've reached a truly, a truly, um, what's the word? Ancient age. <laughs> I've truly become ancient. Venerable. Venerable, venerable. venerable. Uh, become quite venerable. Venerable, vulnerable. <laughs> vulnerable, yeah. Uh, but, but, um, uh, and so it used to cause me a lot of consternation, these programs, because they would bring up the person. Uh, but I solved it by making them all about Baba. So then I get feel very happy because when I talk about Baba, everything in the universe is uplifted. So, let me begin by quoting him, remembering him, as I always do. He began every program by saying in Hindi, Sabko Varisanmani Kesat Premse Ardik Swagat. With great respect and love, I welcome you all with all my heart. And he would say that that's his method of worship, to welcome other people with love. And you'll hear in tonight's program, the selection I've picked, that that was truly what he meant, that that was the, the essence of spirituality, to welcome other people with an open heart. <clears throat> so, and by the way, that's very everything has been very beautiful tonight. And uh, uh, the birthday cake from uh, Susie. Thank you, Susie. And uh, uh, how about Swami Bhaktananda's talk? So, my French wasn't so good, but I, felt, I followed it anyway. <laughs> Swami Nirbhayananda, 19th century uh, Swami, um, wrote, poet saint, he wrote, no Atman to be Brahman. That's the essence of Vedanta, that the individual self, the jiva, is nothing but Brahman, the divine. That in our innermost nature, we are divine beings, but we don't know it, so we have to learn that. No Atman to be Brahman. Be happy, be happy, he says. Oh, Nirbhaya, bow your head to the feet of the Guru. Be happy, be happy. And I've searched for happiness all my life, and it seems to me that's the fo only formula I found that works long run. Bow your head at the feet of the guru. He goes on, see Brahman in every form. This is Baba's teaching. See God in others, see God in everyone. Be happy, be happy. It's a formula for happiness. If you can do that, then you don't see hatred, you don't see difficulty. You have to see God. Do not be attached to objects. Keep your mind free. 
You have to cultivate the mind, the space of the mind. We pay very little attention to it, but it's, it's a full-time job. Keep the mind in the clear space of good feeling. All you have to know about yoga is to keep your mind in the clear space of good feeling. Then everything will come to you in your life. Just work to do that. He says, day and night, sing of Ram, Krishna, and Hari. Don't waste this human birth. Sing, sing, sing of Ram. Oh, oh darling, attend satsang. Attend satsang. When we attend satsang, what do we mean? We're attending to the higher truth. So pay attention to the higher truth. Don't get just lost in the mundane, in the, in the personal, uh, in the individual, in your personal dramas. Keep remembering the higher. That higher narrative will nurture you, give you shakti, give you energy, and will uplift you. He says, love justice. Demolish the fortress of illusion. Speedily, speedily. Oh friend, give up lethargy and desire for comfort. Says Nirbhaya. Wonderful statement. Says Nirbhaya. I have won the game of life. I have won. I have won. He solved the riddle that this life is, the koan of this life by connecting to the guru, to the higher power. And he also wrote elsewhere, I, I just saw this and thought I'd share with you because Baba used this quote later. He says, take up the broom of love and sweep the chamber of your heart. Well, Baba echoed that in, in a famous video he did, take a broom and sweep your heart. Take up the broom of love and sweep the chamber of your heart. Scatter the dust of the ego on the prayer carpet then tear up the carpet and break the rosary. So do all that, and then smash even the path that you took. Put your hand in the hand of your guru and take delight in him alone. Nearby. <clears throat> so let's do that. We'll put our hands in Baba's hands and hear what he has to say. Some question answers mostly on the, the guru from Baba. <clears throat> this is from one of the world tours. Question. For the last seven months, I've been having indescribably pleasurable rushes of energy in the left side of my head. Isn't that funny? So it's the awakening of the kundalini energy, and you never know how it's going to be, um, if it'll affect it. You know, you, you know, the classic thing, it comes up the spine and uplifts you, or your heart explodes, or your brain explodes, and you see light and upliftment and energy. But sometimes it affects one side of the body. I had uh, a fellow in Ann Arbor used to come to me always and tell me about it. the left side of his body was always uh, having problems. Right side was okay, but the left side. Anyway, this is, would you please explain to me what's happening? What will the results be, and how long will the results last? Of course, he's had Shaktipat awakening. And Baba says, this pleasure is not the kind that will stay for a while and then leave you. This pleasure springs forth from your heart chakra or your crown chakra. And once you experience this joy, it will never leave you. That's interesting. It will always increase 
never decrease. This is immortal bliss. It is beyond the mind and you cannot limit it. This is called the experience of the inner self. So he's saying that that Shaktipat, and it's interesting because over the last 50 years I've seen thousands and thousands of people receive Shaktipat. And uh, it doesn't always go like that. But they go from strength to strength, always increasing, always increasing, feeling more and more joy and so on. Uh, and yet I think that what Baba said is true, that once that awakening takes place, it will never go to sleep. However, we can obstruct that awakening or we can cooperate with that awakening. We can make it, it's like being stuck in traffic, you know, you just sit there for a while and you'll eventually get home, but it might take a couple of hours more, a couple of lifetimes, maybe even 20 lifetimes more. Um, but Baba says, once that awakening takes place, that Shakti, that power is stronger than anything we can throw in front of it, stronger than our jealousy, stronger than our ignorance, stronger than our, our paranoia, stronger than our pettiness, stronger than our hatred, eventually we'll conquer all of those and we'll be connected to the divine. Baba goes on. After experiencing this delight within you, you'll have the same experience when you look at other people too. It always comes down to that theme. You experience the delight within, which we call atma vyapti, or meditation on the experience of the self, and then you bring it out. And he calls that, Shaivism calls it Shiva Vyapti. You see that same God everywhere. Baba said, meditate on the self and then see God in others. That were the two parts of the equation. First you have to know the self, then you see it everywhere. <clears throat> Baba says, there was a great Siddha called Krishna Sutta who said, the root of all happiness is Brahmananda, the bliss of Brahman the bliss of the absolute. Lately I've been talking to my old friend Brahmananda, who's a Swami from Baba in India, so he's the bliss of Brahman. <clears throat> After experiencing that bliss within me, now I can experience that bliss within everyone. What is that bliss of Brahman? If you've had bliss in many ways, you've had the bliss of uh, watching a TV show, you've had the bliss of falling in love, You've had the bliss of chocolate. You've had the bliss of footy. You've had many different blisses, but all those blisses, if they were boiled together, and then all the impurities and the, uh, the uh, ego in it were boiled off, you'd have the bliss of Brahman. That's the bliss behind all the other blisses. He says, the same bliss exists everywhere. It is all pervasive and it is the form of Satchitananda, existence, consciousness, and bliss. Truly speaking, this bliss is everywhere, but because of our dualistic understanding, we cannot perceive it. This is a very good question, Baba says. <clears throat> so, the yogis say that this bliss, this experience that we seek in yoga is available but it is our limited understanding that separates us. So what to do? There, it implies two directions, doesn't it? Move towards the source of that bliss 
and get rid of the wrong understandings. And both of those two together uh, are the spiritual path. Get rid of the limiting understandings that destroy your bliss, the pettiness, the jealousy, the anger, the hatred. Get rid of it. Take a broom and sweep your heart of it. And then move towards the source, the self, God, guru, whatever connects you to that higher power. Question. Do we have photos of Baba? Okay. Thank you for asking. That's just what I wanted to do next. Okay, good. That, you know, that's a significant photo because when I first got to Baba, that was uh, a huge picture in the meditation hall. Beautiful picture. That's about my vintage. I mean, that's when, when I, I met him. He was like that. On a hot summer day in India. A great yogi. Yeah, what else do you have? And this is during my time with him. Uh, sitting out. Every morning he'd come out and sit on his little perch in front of his apartment. And t every morning at 10 o'clock he'd be there and the people, local people or, or visitors would come up and uh, have darshan, greet him, say a few words, talk to him, give him a coconut or f flowers from the, from the shop nearby. Baba would always say, how much did that cost you? He wanted to make sure the guy wasn't cheating them. And uh, then engage in the conversation. So there he is. That's a beautiful picture. Next. And there, you know, there's a, a darshan sitting out. This is a little later, but people coming up, talking to him, and Baba saying, you send that boy to school. Something. Yeah, great. Wonderful. Thank you. <clears throat> Question. I wish to know and understand what Guru's grace is. Baba says, first receive the Guru's grace, then understand it and become worthy of it. Just asking this question without receiving the Guru's grace doesn't make any sense. It's an interesting insight because um, the classical way is that you, you hear about Guru's grace and then you start on a path of yoga and you practice hoping to receive Guru's grace. But Baba reversed it. And he used to often wonder if what he'd done was some kind of uh, violation of cosmic law. It wasn't, but he used to worry about it. Uh, where first he gave grace and then they did, people did the practices. So he says, first receive it. Your question is like this, how do you rest in your sleep? You have to go to sleep, and only then can you find out how to rest in your sleep. In the same way, you should first receive the Guru's grace. The Guru is the one who bestows the grace of God. He is the bestower of God's shakti. He is not an individual being. <clears throat> so though the Guru is an individual, the power of the Guru is not from an individual, it's the divine power. Sometimes they call it the guru tattva, the guru, the essence, the energy of the guru. Baba says, through grace, the guru transmits God's energy into you. 
after transmitting that energy to you, he awakens your own inner energy. So something from the light from the guru lights the spark within, but if we didn't have that same power within us, nothing could happen. It has to kindle something that's already within us latently. He says, <clears throat> and then spontaneous yoga begins to happen. When that energy awakens, transformation starts to happen. And it's not good to look too carefully at what other people go through because your uh, path will be completely unique to you, to your type of personality and your samskaras, your karmas, your, your DNA, you could say. And, but there will always be a process of growth in your characteristic way. Baba says, that is the guru's grace. The guru applies the lotion of his grace to open your eyes. Then the veil of ignorance is destroyed. Afterward, there is great delight in watching the world. You see the world as it is. Again, see, afterwards you see the world as divine play. You see it differently. And he used to use this metaphor of applying the lotion of the Guru's grace to your eyes. You see things differently. Sometimes he'd say, take the prescription of the Guru's glasses. See the way the Guru sees. The Guru doesn't see paranoia and lack and hatred and so on. The Guru sees Shiva. The Guru sees Brahmananda. sees the bliss of, of the self everywhere. And Baba says, there was a great being who said, my guru applied the lotion of his grace to my eyes. This was Kabir who said that. And after that I experienced so much, it was such delight. How can I explain it to you? <clears throat> after that, I, all I can see now is Ram, the self, it is consciousness and nothing else. After I received the lotion of the guru's grace, I see only Ram, only consciousness, outside as well as inside. This is Guru's grace. So, you know, sometimes when you receive Guru's grace, you have a few movements, kriyas, the energy moves a certain way, but uh, if you receive the lotion of the Guru's grace to transform your vision, that's truly a great initiation. Question, is grace connected to karma? <clears throat> Baba. Grace is the karma or action of God. See, karma actually means action. So when you say your karma, it means the accumulation of the results of your previous actions. When they talk about the stockpile of karma that you have. So grace is the action. It's one of the five processes, uh, the five actions of God is, is the action of grace. So it is said that God performs five actions. One of the actions he performs is the bestowal of grace. You've asked a beautiful question. Grace is essential. I think we see a key. If you ask about Guru's grace, Baba always says it's a good question. It's his favorite topic. Question. Wonderful question coming now. Will you bestow grace upon me? Baba, if you can take it, the grace is not given, the grace is taken, it is received. That's another theme that he talks about. We call it disciples' grace, you'll hear now. 
is a dialogue on grace. Can the grace of a sitter, question, cut through intellectual and emotion superficiality or some special technique needed? Baba, for that you don't need any other technique. A sitter's grace can take you beyond that. Grace will not leave you midstream, it will perfect you. And that's why the message for this year is cherish the awakening, to pay attention to it, to honor it, and to grow it. Baba said, question, <clears throat> what must one do to be entitled to this grace of the Lord? Baba, we should offer our heart with love to the Lord. Just as we want his grace, we should also give him our grace, namely love. So that's, that's the disciple's grace. If we open, the more we open in a beautiful way, the more we're flooded with that energy. Question, sometimes I have many experiences of meditation, but not always. Is there any way I can earn your grace and have more steady experiences in meditation? What's Baba going to say? Baba says, Grace, grace, uh, in grace, there is no such thing as more or less. Just as you see the light of the sun, in the same way there is grace. It depends on your faith and your understanding. That is why you sometimes experience more and sometimes less. A person's faith is very important. Once again, our openness, to be open to that. And in, the, in your private meditation, in your secret heart, open yourself to that grace. Throw away all the problems and issues and mundane concerns and open yourself to that power and you'll, you'll experience it immediately, immediately. Question, if I understand it correctly, you have to have grace to do this. How do you earn this grace? Saying, how can I get it? Baba says, you should give your grace to me. Question, you have all my love, such as it is, as much as I have. Baba, before the guru can give his grace to a student, the student should give his grace to the guru. Then the student will receive the guru's grace more quickly. Question, by faith without feeling anything? Baba, if you haven't felt it, if you haven't experienced it, it means there's something lacking in your grace to the guru. There's some block in you, he's saying. Question, is it possible to refuse the grace, the grace of God? Baba, what will he say? Yes, it's possible. When your mind turns away from grace and you're refusing it, you're rejecting it. Stop refusing grace. Accept it. Brilliantly simple, isn't it? Brilliantly simple. It's that simple. And it takes a lifetime to work it out. Maybe two lifetimes. <clears throat> so those, oh, you like those? Oh, beautiful. So I thought I'd share also a couple of questions from my particular drama with Baba. Questions that I asked Baba. It's my birthday. <laughs> so here, here are a couple that I asked him back in the, my Ganeshpuri days. You might have heard him before. 
And uh, I, every time I hear him, I hear a new thing. He still teaches me 40, 50 years later. From beyond the grave, he's teaching me all the time. What do you make of that? Am I nuts? Huh? It's grace. It's grace. Okay. In uh, 1973, this was asked, Shankar said, Baba, you always tell us to meditate on the self. Why can't I find my own self? Is it far away or so near that I can't find it? Will you point me in the right direction? 1973. <laughs> yeah. Baba, what you say reminds me of a verse of Krishna Sutta. Didn't you mention Krishna Sutta? Yeah. And the Vedantic work called Panchadasi, which he rendered into a Marathi verse, he says, There is a man who says, I have lost my tongue. He has lost his tongue. How could he speak? Such a person is worse than an animal. <laughs> he is like a stone. He was a judge, judge like a stone. Yeah, he's like, idiot, you've been here a couple of years. What the hell are you talking about? You're so dumb. Did I feel embarrassed? Yes. How many cups of chai after that? What? How many cups of chai after that? He says, this is exactly what you're saying. You don't know your own self. Then who's asking this question? <laughs> Knowledge of the self is nothing but awareness of the true nature of I. The self appears to be far away to you because you haven't yet found it. But when you find it, you'll discover that it is closer to you than the I that you presently consider to be yourself. There's a very great work called Yoga Vashishta. <laughs> Almost every answer to me, he always talked to me about it. Yoga Vashishta. I'll have to do a program on Yoga Vashishta soon. <clears throat> Which consists of dialogues between the Guru Vashishta and Ram, the disciple. Vashishta says, O Ram, the self is so far away that you could not reach it even if you tried for ages. Then he says, O Ram, the self is so close to you that you can see it in an instant. You can see the self in less time than it takes to blink your eyes. And Baba says, those who have knowledge, who've been blessed by the guru, and who have faith in the self, will find the self immediately. In fact, the self is always manifest. But to see it, you need a strong yearning, a strong love, and a strong faith. You say that you can't find yourself, but who else have you found inside yourself? And by whose support are you living your life? Do you spend your days thinking that you're somebody else? <laughs> he gave me a lot to contemplate here. <laughs> you are the one who you see and experience in meditation and who's aware of all that is happening to you in meditation. What is the question of finding that which is always present? That's his answer. Good one, huh? Uh, but I had to contemplate that. Uh, another one. You want another one from Shankar? Uh, not quite as stupid. <laughs> A little later in the piece. Shankar. How can I become more sensitive to the inner guru so as not to be confused of what is good or bad for me? 
good question, isn't it? <clears throat> Baba. You should become absorbed in the inner guru through meditation. You should lose yourself in him. Then you'll keep receiving his divine messages from time to time. The inner guru sits within the blue pearl, which is situated in the Sahasrara. The blue pearl is, is uh, the blue, the Nila Bindu, Baba would always talk about, which uh, is the subtlest uh, aspect of matter. It's where matter and consciousness meet. Uh, it's the highest experience of samadhi. So it means to meditate on your experience of the self, however the self comes to you. It may not come to you as a blue pearl. It may come to you as love. It may come to you as energy. It may come to you as luminous consciousness. But he says, meditate on it. Try to see that blue pearl. You should try to please it. Make the shakti dance. Please the shakti, the inner shakti, the inner energy. Make the energy expand rather than contract. Follow the dictates of the shakti. The shakti tells you what it wants. It says uh, when you move in the right direction, the shakti tells you by expanding, yes, this is the right way. So be, if you become sensitive to that inner shakti, that inner energy, then you always have a guide within you. He says, do not retain a consciousness of your separate identity in meditation. Lose yourself in it. Go deep within. And this is beautiful. Baba says, there's a center of knowledge within you. That is the center of pure knowledge, the center of divine messages. You know, we're so confused. We think, oh, should I do this? Should I do that? Is this good? Is that bad? Does that person like me? That person hate me? This and that. And he's saying that despite all the mental confusion, there's a place of divine knowledge within every person. But we have to find it. We have to get there. Baba says, if you could tap that center in meditation, you'd always receive messages from it. I call that the voice of the self. And once you really connect to that, then you have a guide. You don't have to ask other people's opinion. You know for sure which way to move and what's correct and what's good for you. But you have to get in touch with it. Sometimes you hear other voices and you think it's the voice of the self. But no, it's not. And you discover that the hard way. Uh, but there is within you an unerring voice, the voice of consciousness, the voice of the divine within. And we can purify ourselves and get in touch with it. He says, the center of divine understanding, of omniscience, of the power to see things out of the range of sight, of pure knowledge, exists within you right at this moment. It is not something new which you have to acquire, and you should be able to, re to reach it. When the awareness shifts to the eye center, one gets into the waking state and perceives the outer world. And when it moves to the throat center, one gets into sleep. Likewise, when it enters the state of tundra, pure knowledge becomes available. <clears throat> so in Go it means tundra, I was always asking Baba about the tundra state of deep meditation. So he says, go deep into meditation and you'll get very close to this 
the center of divine wisdom within? That's a really good answer. You like that one? So let's, uh, let's do that. Let's um, go to that center within ourselves. And in satsang, I always feel it's my duty to, uh, to call attention to that center that, uh, that Baba wanted me to share that knowledge that within every person, every one of us, sometimes we think very badly of ourselves. We've had so many different experiences and we think we're not worthy, we don't measure up, we're not as good as we want to be, we have some kind of idea about ourselves that we should be this, or, you know, people have said bad things about us and so on. But what the yogis say is that there's perfection within us. And in satsang we remember that perfection and we connect to that perfection. We make a vow here in satsang to know that place within us, that place of knowledge and that place of love and that place of peace, that place where we're perfectly generous, perfectly open, perfectly free, perfectly loving. And that place exists within every one of us. And you know it as I say these words. You know that it's talking about some place within you. And that's the truth, and that's the teaching of the guru. So that's what meditation's about, is about going to that place, connecting to that place, and growing in the knowledge of that place, so that that place becomes what we live in, day by day. So let's meditate now for 10 minutes. And we meditate on the self, that center of knowledge, on that blue pearl within, on the shakti within, on the brahmananda, within ourselves. And uh, if you don't know how to do that directly, you can use the mantra. Say the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya. Repeat the mantra, Om Namah Shivaya. And let the mind quiet down, because the chattering of the mind is what will stand in the way. And let yourself be absorbed in that inner space, that inner energy, that clear space of good feeling, that inner divinity. And so let's make Let's meditate for 10 minutes. And uh, once again, with great love and respect, on the occasion of my very venerable birthday, I welcome you with all my heart. Let's meditate for 10 minutes. <laughs> 